0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Our Golden Twenties. My name is Sadie, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tegan. And we are so excited for today's episode. We're going to be talking all about travel. I feel people are starting to travel as the weather gets warmer and as we're obviously inching closer to summer. Also, just with, I don't want to say COVID calming down because it's like an all-on, on COVID rage in Toronto right now but I feel like you know as the pan as we get used to living in the pandemic people are starting to feel more comfortable traveling Mm -hmm. and this is a topic on a lot of people's minds.
1: Yeah and I think a lot of places too are dropping travel restrictions so I know a lot of people have been waiting for that like in Canada I think they've dropped some of the restrictions so it's definitely I've seen lots and lots of people start traveling than I have in the last like mm-hmm. two years in the last two months so
0: yeah 100% I feel like it was like our spring break for our American listeners is like March timing mm-hmm. and that's often like we call it like March break or reading week for like college university that might be more like February but I think I saw something that was saying how This past March break was the busiest Pearson Airport in Toronto has been since before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it's been kind of nonstop ever since. So people are definitely getting back out there. Like you said, Tag, I'm seeing it all over my Instagram and I'm getting extremely jealous (laughs) (laughs) since I don't have a trip booked or a big trip booked. But um, I feel like this episode will cure some of my wanderlust. We're going to be talking about how to pick where to go on vacation, some budgeting or how to travel on a budget, some budgeting tips when traveling, as well as some solo travel tips for women. Because I think everyone's itching to travel right now and it can be hard to like coordinate with friends and whatnot, but that shouldn't be what holds you back from traveling. So we're going to touch on that as well as some packing and just general tips as well. So packed, agenda (laughs) for today but maybe let's start tag where are some of your favorite
1: spots you've traveled to before my favorite i think place i've ever traveled to is hawaii and i've been there Mm -hmm. three times and i'm going back a fourth for my honeymoon and It is just the best if you're into the tropical vacation vibes. It's the same weather every day and sunny and really lovely. So that's the top of my list. But I also wanted to shout out Cuba because for, obviously, if you're an American, you probably haven't been there because it's really hard for you to get there. But for Canadians, it for a long time was like the cheapest all-inclusive destination you could go to because Americans couldn't visit. And it's another place that's really really beautiful, like the beaches are really nice and it's also got like a really interesting culture there just because of its history. So I wanted to mm-hmm. shout out Cuba as like a cheap alternative. <laughs> I also love New York City, obviously. And I love in the summer in Canada, heading up to Muskoka, it can be nice. Even in the summer, doing some vacations and going to music festivals in upstate New York can be really nice because it kind of reminds me a lot of Canada. And I also love Disney World and I'm going to Disneyland on my honeymoon. I don't want to say I'm a Disney adult, but it has a very special place in my heart. And I think I've been to Disney World yeah. like maybe six times. And so, girl, I love Disney too.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel you're embarrassed
1: to admit that, but I
0: don't think you should be. Yeah, like I feel like, it. first of all, six times, that's impressive. Also, I feel like if you're somebody who grows up, watching Disney movies like that's with you for life yeah you know what I mean like you don't outgrow Disney
1: yeah if it's
0: like part of your childhood yeah so it makes sense
1: yeah checks out and I think it's because I went so much as a child like so it yeah has like a nostalgia yeah it has those memories associated with it it's not just that I'm like I love Disney as a grown woman (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. Girl, we love that for you. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. So my favorite places are all cities. And fun fact is that I've never actually done an all-inclusive resort before. Mm -hmm. I'm also not really like a beach person. Like I am in the summer, like local beaches, love that. Mm -hmm. But I would never just book a vacation and go lay on a beach for a week because I would just sunburn, I would get heat stroke, (laughs) it would not be a fun time for me. So I love to explore different cities and do that sort of trip. So top of my list, I'm kind of torn. I would say New York City or London, England. Mm -hmm. I went to London before I went to New York and I was like, this is my favorite city in the entire world. And it was actually one of my first trips in high school, and mm-hmm. I loved it so much. I went back to London a second time with one of my friends, and again, I loved it so so much. But then I started going to New York, and I feel like I love New York so much because it's accessible and like right. easy to go to. So I feel like I maybe like it more than London just for that reason. Like it feels more achievable. Yeah, but I love just like both of them. They're just such great cities and I just love the vibe in both of them. I also really love a little bit more locally Montreal. I've shared I think multiple times that my sister lives in Montreal. My other sister lives just outside Montreal and I try to go visit like twice a year and every time I go I just fall more and more in love with the city. Like it's just kind of that like I don't know a little bit more like European feeling than Mm -hmm. Toronto is and Just like so cool and artsy and beautiful. So I definitely love that. And then last on my list that I thought was worth shouting out, but I haven't actually done a full trip there, but I'm dying to go back. It's like top of my list for places to travel to post pandemic is Amsterdam. And I did stop in Amsterdam once and it was just for a 12 hour layover on my trip to Bali in March 2020. And I left the airport, spent you know, a couple hours, I'd say like most of the day, morning into afternoon, exploring Amsterdam. I went to the Anne Frank Museum. It was just so beautiful, even though it was raining and freezing cold when (laughs) I went and I was outside like the whole time, but it was just so beautiful, but also a place where like my dad's family is from the Netherlands. And I feel like Amsterdam was somewhere where I was actually like, this feels homey to Hmm. me. And like, I don't know if I was just feeling like, I don't know, connected to like my roots or whatever, even though I didn't see family, I didn't do anything like that. It just felt so welcoming. And like, I loved the people and I'm dying to go back to see more of the city and actually do like Amsterdam things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that those are my favorite cities so far. Yeah. I love to travel. So I'm just like, what's next? What's next? Yeah.
1: Yeah. There are, I feel like a couple of key places that I'm like I want to go and just haven't had the chance like I've never been to LA even though like I love movies and I love TV shows and I'm like I just need to book a trip there and then I can do like Mm -hmm. all of the like most touristy things and go and see all of the Hollywood stuff but there's like five cities I could put on a list of like These are places I just know I'll love if I get there, but I haven't been there yet. But yeah, one day.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe speaking of that and speaking of how, you know, we're starting to think about, okay, what is on this list of places to go? Where do we start kind of thing? So Tag, what would you say is the first thing you think of when you start trying to pick where you want to go on vacation? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think for me, the number one thing is kind of like deciding on a theme of what we want like the vacation to be. And so for a lot of my vacations, it's like, oh, we want to go see this concert. So we'll travel to the city to see the concert. So then it's like the theme of it is, you know, music. But then for Hawaii, it's like, okay, our theme is relaxation and tropical drinks or Mm -hmm. whatever it is and it could be like I want to go on vacation to relax or I want to go on vacation to learn something and this could be to learn a new language or to learn about the history of this place or to learn about art whatever it is or it could be that you want to try a new skill like if you're really into fishing well, then maybe you, your vacation, you're going to go camping to try this out. Or it could be that you want to spend time catching up with friends. So then you start to think about the kind of vacations where that would be like the what where that would make the most sense to do. So I think that's always where I start. Mm. That makes a lot
0: of sense for me. I always... I don't even know what spurs these things on, but just I feel like randomly I'll see something online on Pinterest, Instagram most often, and I'll be like, I have to go there. And it'll be the most random thing. (laughs) Like A perfect example of this is I went to San Francisco in 2018 because I saw a picture of a girl on Instagram who was at the top of this hill on this swing, swinging out over the city. Mm. And ever since then, I was like, I have to go to San Francisco. I have to go on that swing. <laughs> <laughs> and then sure enough, I planned a trip to San Francisco, but it was all because I saw this one swing, like in this random spot, like it wasn't even like a major attraction, nothing like that. So I don't know why, same with, and it could be like in a little bit, maybe more obvious ways where... I wanted to go to Bali because I loved Eat, Pray, Love. And ever since watching that movie, I was like, I have to go to Bali. Mm. But for me, I just have this ongoing list of places I want to go to. And I'm a crazy person, and we're going to talk about this more (laughs) a little bit later in the episode. But I just start watching flights for, like, all these different places I want to go to. And I feel like I know – based on like what's going on in my year or whatever, when I can afford a big trip versus when it'll probably just be more like around Canada or the US, something a little bit more local. And then I'll start just watching, you know, flights for that versus when I know I can start watching flights for bigger trips and whatnot. And then it's just really like, I have this ongoing list of places that excite me, intrigue me, and then basically whatever kind of pops up and works out first. Yeah. That's where I'm going.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I
0: feel like, yeah, it's funny because I'm such a planner, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it really, my trips all start very spontaneously. Mm -hmm. And when I book them, I feel very impulsive every time. Yeah. But then once it's booked, then I get into like planner mode and like, you know, really do my research and like know what I'm gonna do while I'm there but to kick it off it's really just gut feeling yeah (laughs) randomness I don't know
1: yeah well I think that's a good point too is that it's maybe like you when you're trying to decide where to go you can kind of be impulsive and be like hey this looks cool I want to go there and then it's like Mm -hmm. that's at the point where you can maybe look into more of the details about like what's the temperature like how busy is this destination if you want a relaxing vacation don't go to Hawaii on golden week you know or Mm -hmm. what's the cuisine like what are the drinks like how safe it is and then you like Mm -hmm. once you figure out those details you can then figure out how it is you're traveling so are you going to do it solo are you going to do it with your boyfriend girlfriend are you going to do it with a friend or a group of friends and Mm -hmm. yeah it's like those are the details that I think come next
0: yeah for sure and I really think too like if you're traveling alone or with somebody that can also influence where you're going because obviously some places are Safe to do on your own, but others aren't so safe, especially as a woman. So you mm-hmm. should, you know, probably travel with somebody. So, you know, that can also influence where you're going. Another big thing I think influences it for me is how much time off I have left at work for yeah. the year, or how much time off does this trip actually require me to take? And obviously, things like Montreal, I can do in a long weekend, yep. versus things like Bali, I had to take two solid weeks off because it took me two days to travel like there and back. It There's a time difference. So the jet lag, you know, when I come back, I'll need some time to adjust. Like all of these sorts of things can also really influence where you're going. And this is like the less fun side as well. But just in like, I want to make sure I say mm. a big thing too. Like the world is obviously crazy right now with obviously the pandemic and other political things going on where make sure you're also checking travel advisories. Like I know I was like, I watched Eat, Pray, Love, so I wanted to go to Bali. Like A, everybody probably feels that <laughs> way, but B like, okay, that's great. But is that actually realistic and achievable, especially throw in like a global pandemic where things are changing all the time? Yeah. So once you have kind of thought of where you want to go, I would recommend checking out travel advisories for that country. And for us in Canada, if you go to travel.gc.ca, and then then I think it's slash traveling slash advisories, you can see literally every country
1: Mm -hmm.
0: how safe it is for Canadians to go there. So right now, for instance, Russia, it's a do not travel. All of, you know, like Russia's allies do not travel. But then there's other countries that when I clicked into it, I was like, why is this? I was just researching, like <laughs> looking prior to this episode. And it's like, why is it this way? And it could be just due to COVID cases and
1: whatever. Yeah.
0: So also that can really influence where you're going and who, like we were saying, who you're traveling with.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think it also maybe is a good point to say that travel insurance travel insurance is always good to have. Mm-hmm. Like I remember in high school I had a trip booked to visit Egypt and I had travel insurance and at some point they had like a revolution when I was planning and paying for mm-hmm. it and the travel advisory changed that was like Canadians should not visit Egypt at this time. But because I had the insurance I could just get my money back. Whereas if I didn't, it's like, you then have to make the choice. Do you just eat this cost or do you go to a place that you know is unsafe for you? Which obviously Mm -hmm. is a bad situation to put yourself in. And travel insurance is like pretty cheap, all things considered. Like it's, I remember like when I first, you know, went off my like dad's payment Or his insurance, and had to get it for myself, and I was like, "This is so much cheaper than I expected it to be, considering how, Mm. like, important it is." So,
0: yeah, yeah, especially in like today's climate, you know what I mean? Where things literally change so overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think this is more so for like bigger destinations like if you're going somewhere in Asia even I don't know so much about Europe but maybe for Canadians and Americans it would be different but you know double checking like visa requirements vaccinations. so that could mean your COVID vaccines but it could also mean other vaccines for visiting these countries so when I went to Bali I had to get I think like three different shots in like a certain amount of time yeah. before I left. So all of these things, like they're kind of, I guess, the less glamorous part of picking a destination, the less fun part. But if you have to have a visa or like yeah. certain vaccinations to go, that's really gonna influence where you're going if you want to travel at a specific time. Like maybe you don't have enough time to get all your ducks in a row before you make that trip and it won't work out or whatever. So all things to definitely take into consideration.
1: Yeah. So I think the next thing we can talk about, obviously, if you've done all this decision-making, you're like, okay, I want to go to, maybe you've narrowed it down to like two or three places. I think the next thing to consider is your budget. And that can be a big decision factor, I think. Like there's a big... Difference in budget between traveling to Hawaii versus traveling to Cuba or traveling to New York City versus traveling to London. And Mm -hmm. I do like, obviously, if there's a place that you're like, I need to travel here. We have episodes in the past about how to prioritize your financials to make sure you're saving for that goal. But for a lot of people, I feel like it's just like, I want to travel. And so then your budget can kind of dictate, I think where you decide to go.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I feel like I'm really bad for just deciding where I want to go and being like, meh, I'll figure it out. Yeah, like I'm going too. <laughs> and then I'll figure it out. Yeah. So that's kind of that spontaneousness, I guess. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I get that alert, that's like your flight is as cheap as it's going to get. Yep. And I book it. I'm like, All right, no choice but to figure it out. But I think it does make sense, like you were saying, Tag, to have a savings account dedicated to travel. So it's a little bit less spontaneous and you're not, you know, racking up credit card bills to make this trip happen or putting yourself in debt or sacrificing your like day to day, you know, in order to make this trip happen. So definitely something to be mindful of. And I also think something worth mentioning is like take into account all the expenses that this trip is going to have. So that's obviously your flights, your accommodations. Those are no-brainers. Also think of, of course, the activities, that you're going to do while you're there, the food you're eating while you're there, transit for getting around the city once you're there. That includes transit to and from the airport. So all of those things once you're there, but also everything that's going on back home. So yeah, for instance, for me, I need to hire a pet sitter to take care of my cat when I go away. I need to like look into data roaming if we're going to the US or outside North America is even more so of like, what are these costs? going to be and like how much is this actually going to add up to
1: (laughs) yeah not to mention if you have a job where you don't get paid vacation it's just that you you know book your time off and if you're not working you're not getting paid it's like you then have to take into account okay you're taking a week off that's a week where you are not going to be making money And so it's Mm -hmm. also, I feel like, like you said, so easy to be like, oh yeah, this is a quick little trip. I'll be cheap. It'll cost a thousand dollars. But then it's like, okay, when you're in the airport and you're buying snacks for your flight that are $15 each, like it's so easy to Mm -hmm. rack up like your actual spending when you're out and about.
0: Totally. I feel like, my second trip to London was cheaper than some of the weekends I've done in Montreal. Yeah. And it's really just based off all those little decisions that I made, like what I ate, what I bought while I was there, how much shopping I did, Mm -hmm. like all of these things. So take everything into account for sure.
1: Yeah. So i always find like what we're doing for our trip to Hawaii is all of the money that we want to spend there. We have in an account and so everything I pay for on my credit card that's like, okay, we booked to go to a luau in Hawaii, I pay for that section of my credit card from that account so that I can always see how much money's left And so it just makes Mm. it so much easier because you're looking at these things like it's like, okay, we want to go horseback riding and you're looking at it and it costs 150 U S and you're like, I don't know. That seems like a lot of money. Do I want to do it? Is it worth it? Well, if you have a budgeted amount set aside, you can see, okay, well I have, you know, exactly 150 bucks left. Do I want to spend it on the horseback riding or do I want to save it and buy souvenirs or, you know, like it's just so much Mm. easier when you're not just trying to make it up in your head, when you can like clearly see it.
0: Yeah. That sounds so smart. <laughs> I'm already not <hurting>, taking
1: notes. <laughs> yeah. It's been good. It's the first time I've done this. There have been other trips where I'm like, yeah, whatever. We'll see what happens. When we went to New York together, yeah. I was like, it woof, whatever. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to go it's broke. So we'll see. But that's not the best way to travel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, one hundred percent. And I feel like the more you travel, like obviously, the more experienced you get, and then you learn these things along like the way, you know. So, makes sense that we're not quite there yet, or we're just figuring these things out after going on like a few different trips.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so I think if you are someone who really wants to travel and you're feeling the travel itch, but you don't have a huge budget, just because you know, COVID obviously put a financial strain on everyone or, you know, traveling with kids is obviously a lot more expensive than just traveling by yourself. Whatever the situation is, it is always cheaper to travel closer to home. And a lot of these like close vacations can be just as nice, if not nicer from my personal experience, at least. So if you're, have a smaller budget, I think always start looking at your local attractions first. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Like I've been to New York City three times and it's like for a trip like that, it's somewhat close for us Toronto girlies. And you can really like adjust your budget as much or as little as you want. Like for us, we can drive to New York City, which before gas prices were crazy, was a lot cheaper. I took the train in once, which was a lot cheaper than flying. And even like within Ontario, we have so many nice destinations that if what you want is just like a break from your life, time in a hotel, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. there are close options that aren't like, okay, I'm going to buy a thousand dollar flight to London.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And I feel that's it exactly. You just need to sometimes remove yourself from your routine, from your space, from your day-to-day. To To get that reset like vibe that a vacation gives you doesn't necessarily matter where you're going. You can still get that 100%. However, that being said, I'm somebody – I'm a big dreamer, guys. You guys know this about me. So I feel like we do also have some tips on traveling more internationally on a budget if you're, you know, wanting to explore somewhere further away. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a good place to start, actually, once you've kind of decided where you want to go is looking into what are their peak seasons, what's, you know, their off season like, and that can also dictate like how expensive it's going to be. It's probably going to be more expensive during it's like peak season. Yeah. You know what I mean? But off season will be a little bit cheaper and that'll be cheaper for flights, cheaper for accommodations, probably cheaper for things while you're there. So definitely something to look into. However, that being said, it there are, like sometimes downsides to going off season. So my Bali trip, I went in March, which was off season, mm-hmm. which meant the humidity was through the roof. Like the weather was so, so hot. The humidity was crazy. There was a lot of rain that time of year. Mm-hmm. It luck- like we lucked out where the weather was fine. Like it was really hot. Yeah. But if we went in August, which is their peak season, trip would have been more expensive but it might have been a little bit nicer weather wise you know so there's like definitely pros and cons but if you're looking to save money I feel like it could be worth the gamble Mm -hmm. if you know what you're signing yourself up for and also like talking about flights like I know we've talked about the hopper app before I think tag you and I both use that yeah and that's how I'm tracking all these flights like I was telling you guys like a crazy woman just being like (laughs) Like I'm like a travel agent for myself, essentially (laughs) tracking different flights to different cities, different days, whatever. But it'll tell you within the app, like just by color coded, even like on a calendar grid, expensive times to travel to that city versus, you know, cheaper times to travel. And then you can actually watch these flights and get notifications as to when the prices drop and when it's a good time to Book. Mm-hmm. I know there are other apps, but I've used Hopper, I think, for every trip I've gone on since 2018. And it just only gets better and better. So definitely do that. Also, it takes into account like different airlines. So it takes out a lot of like the manual labor of you having to track all of these things on your own individually.
1: Yeah. I think another good option for looking for discounts as far as accommodations go is we've used hotels.com in the past and it's been very helpful. Like we've found some really cheap things and always, always, always collect travel points. Even though you're like, I don't travel Mm -hmm. that much, it's never going to mean anything. Like you don't know that. I know with hotels.com, like my mom has gotten free nights at really nice hotels before because she's booked everything through hotels.com and so I also wanted to throw that out there
0: yeah 100% I feel like points is actually such a good thing Mm -hmm. like I know my friend she was just telling me she's like girl you need to sign up for Aeroplan like it's I think it's only Air Canada so if you don't love flying Air Canada or if you're not Canadian, you're like, what is AeroPlan? But she's like, you need to sign up for it. Like these points really rack up. Yeah. Same with, I don't know if air miles is such a big thing anymore. I feel they're trying to make a comeback. But, you know, like even credit card like points yeah. and whatnot you can put towards flights and accommodations. So definitely hacking the system and making it way more budget friendly.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. I, sorry, I just remembered two other things I want to say on the flights before we jump too much more into the accommodation. I think similar to places being peak season and like off season, flights are the same way. Mm. And obviously the cost of flights are always fluctuating. So first of all, watching flights over a period of time, I think can be helpful rather than being like, okay, my trip is in two weeks. I guess I have no choice but to book this price. Like I read online that Your flights tend to be most inexpensive when you book them between four months and three weeks before your departure date. So something to keep in mind and why I'm like always watching flights for like different times because you never know when that deal will pop up. But also there's like peak times when to fly. So Mm. for instance, flying a Friday to Sunday might be more expensive than flying a Thursday to a Monday or flying an afternoon flight might be cheaper than flying a morning or evening flight. So just taking those things into consideration, playing with those sorts of settings when you're watching flights or looking to book, I feel like they can really change the cost and to like a minor inconvenience to you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Also, This is like a very random hack that I just thought of, but look into your credit card because I know like a lot of people have travel credit cards and my husband has one and we were looking at the benefits and it's that he can get into the airport lounges at airports, which come with free food and drink and like nicer seats. So I'm just going to throw that out there to look into that as well, especially if you have a credit card that's like collecting points for travel They often come with like those kinds of bonuses, even like early boarding or, you know, like random stuff that you would never think of. So I'm going to throw that out there, too.
0: Yeah. One other like hack that I don't know if this is for everybody, but I really, really loved it. When it comes to flights, if you're going somewhere far, Mm -hmm. you could purposely choose a longer like flight to get there with a layover in a different city and if that layover is long enough for you to leave the airport then you're seeing essentially two cities and one trip so that's what I did to see Amsterdam on my way to Bali on my Bali trip I actually could have seen I think four different countries but I only saw two which was obviously Amsterdam and Bali mm. I didn't see anything on my way back because of it was right when the pandemic hit. So I was like, literally I landed in Paris and I was about to leave the airport and I was like, Paris outbreaks with COVID. I was like, (laughs) we're staying put in the airport. And the other one was Malaysia. Mm. And I had to have a visa to leave the airport, which again, goes back to doing your research before you go. Had I left the airport, I wouldn't have been able to get back in and I would have just been screwed. (laughs) Definitely do your research. But I feel like that is like such a hack way to see multiple cities all within one flight. Yeah. However, it does obviously require you to take more time off because your flights are drawn out a little bit more. But it kind of weighs out because often flights with connecting flights or connecting connections. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Also are cheaper than direct flights. So so many like little hacks, I'm like trying to share everything as yeah. it pops into my head, but I feel like those are some of the big ones on the flights piece. Yeah. And I haven't used Hotels.com tag for accommodations, but I've used Expedia and Mm -hmm. I've had pretty good success. I really like them because of their cancellation policy, Mm -hmm. especially right now when things are still feeling a little uncertain. You can cancel like up to 24 hours before your check-in time. So for most cases, double check that. Like don't just take my word for it, (laughs) but I think that's great. I've also used obviously Airbnb. I think that's really great, especially if you're just gonna you just need somewhere to sleep. Yeah. Like I know shared accommodations on Airbnb might be kind of sketchy to some people, but that's what I did in San Francisco. It saved me so much money. Mm -hmm. I was just there to sleep. Like it was fine. I've also used Hostel World, which I more so recommend just for Europe. Mm -hmm. I think hostels are like very popular in Europe because traveling so Common and easy there between countries. Yeah. I feel like in the States, I like looked up hostels in New York and there was a lot of like bad reviews and stuff. But if you're looking for like budget friendly options, definitely check it out. I think with hostels a lot of them offer private rooms so it is a little bit more of like that hotel experience just probably less amenities and all of those sorts of things but you can also do like shared dorms which I did in London and it was like so cheap yeah but I shared the room with my friend and then two other random like strangers that we didn't know so it is I guess I don't know not for everybody and obviously make sure you're like reading reviews and like looking at these places very carefully because you're probably leaving all your stuff in your hostel room and you want to make sure you're trusting people but it can be a really great way to travel cheap especially in Europe
1: yeah and I feel like with airbnbs and hostels it like if you're traveling with a friend or a group of friends that's where you can really make things cheap because if you have mm-hmm. you know six friends that's two hotel rooms whereas you can get an Airbnb that fits six people for probably like the same price in some cities yeah so yeah, yeah. I think
0: yeah if you're looking to travel on a budget I would say try to travel with someone just so you can split the cost of accommodations. Yeah. like Accommodations really add up and I love traveling on my own, but it's like, I don't know, that's I feel like the biggest piece I feel or the biggest hit I take yeah. when traveling on my own.
1: Well, you yeah. should check out Hotels.com. Because let me tell yeah, you, they're cheap. I should. The thing with hotels.com yeah. is I think it doesn't show you the exact location of it. It just tells you how close to the downtown core it is. So okay. it's one, that's why it's so cheap. But then you have to, if you're the type of person who's like looking at reviews and willing to like look up the hotel and then you can literally just see where it is. It's mm. for you, but it's like you have to do the legwork, yeah. but then you get the discount. Right. So Hmm.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I feel like the more I travel and probably also the older I get, the more money I make, I feel like accommodations are worth splurging on. And I feel like I read an article a few years ago that said accommodations are kind of becoming part of the reason people are traveling. Like, you know, people are going to Vancouver to stay in a treehouse Airbnb, like not just to see Vancouver, you know, like, I went to Bali. The villa was probably one of the best parts of my Bali experience, and it was just where we stayed. Like, you know, it can really, I guess, change your trip or it can become, like, the center of your trip, but of course it takes, like, a lot of money to afford good accommodations especially on every single trip yeah i would love to stay in like boutique hotels (laughs) in every city i go to but like i'm not there yet but every now and then maybe it's worth the splurge you know what i mean so yeah yeah definitely yeah i think too just before we transition off the budget topic i think there's also a lot of hacks on saving money when it comes to attractions and things to do, Mm -hmm. places to see when you're actually there. So again, this requires a little bit of research before you go, or maybe even while you're there, but research days and times that things in the city are free. So that could be museums. It could be maybe the the weekend you're there, there's local festivals or concerts or like sidewalk Mm
1: -hmm. festival
0: type things. What is the word I'm looking for? I don't know.
1: Yeah. I know what you mean. Either way. Yeah. Something
0: like, yeah. Yeah. Something just like free community based happening that you can check out without spending a lot of money. I also got gifted the best book ever. It is a Lonely Planet book, which I feel like I'll talk about a little bit more. They have a whole bunch of travel books, Mm. essentially. I think they're a travel company and a lot of the travel books I have are by them. Mm. But my favorite one is called The Best Things in Life Are Free. And it's, All the major cities, I think in, I don't know. I want to say North America, Europe, Mm. maybe. I don't know if it goes beyond North America and Europe, actually. But it has just a list of, by city, like the best things to do in the city that are free or extremely affordable. So definitely check that out. Google that sort of thing as well. Look on Pinterest because there's probably a lot more low budget or free things than you would initially think.
1: Yeah. I love Pinterest because I am always on there looking for happy hours because Mm. I love drinks. Like I love a nice cocktail more than a nice meal. And, but then it's Mm. also kind of weird to like, I don't know, it just feels kind of sketchier to be like searching for a good bar compared to searching for a good restaurant. But then when you're doing happy hour it can make it like, it makes it so cheap. And then if the vibes aren't good, it's like you finish your drink and go to the next one. So also look out for things like that. Like I know at least like in Hawaii, when we're going, almost every single restaurant has like a happy hour that has cheap drinks and cheap snacks and that kind of thing. So it's not like, okay, well, I've got to eat. So I've got to like ball out and get this crazy meal. It's like if you just do like a little bit of research, you can find some really good deals.
0: Yeah, I love that so much.
1: Well, I think we can now maybe transition into talking a little bit about solo travel, especially for women, since that's the majority of our listeners. uh, And because, Sadie, you've done some solo travel in the past. So Mm -hmm. obviously... I think like the main thing that comes to everyone's mind is the priority to be safe and responsible. That's kind of like the most obvious thing I think. And so Mm -hmm. that's why when we were talking about before being prepared and having your travel insurance and that kind of stuff is important, but doing some research before this episode, the like number one piece of advice I came across on like all these different blogs I was reading was to have your accommodation planned at the very least for your first night and to then keep that information to yourself because like, yeah, you can be a wanderer and figure out everything else just by walking around that first day, but having a place where it is your safe space where you can go to and that your friends and family will know you're there, I think is key and a good way to start a vacation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think keep it to yourself, but share it with at least one friend or family member back home. So it's like, you know, this is, I feel like I might get a little like sucking the fun out of like this topic as we (laughs) talk about solo travel for women, but I feel like there's just a lot to take into consideration and like, especially on the safety front. So yes, share literally like the hotel name, address, phone number. I always give that to my mom or my sister, Mm -hmm. you know, like have it even your flight details too because you know if they suddenly can't contact you for whatever reason even if it's just your phone died and you had a hard time plugging it in like whatever they can at least call the like hotel and just make sure you're still checked in like those sorts of things so definitely good to have accommodations planned and then share it with a friend or family back home Mm -hmm. for sure
1: but don't share it with random people yeah. at the bar. <laughs> no,
0: bad no idea.
1: I, <laughs> bad, bad idea. I think obviously like probably the second most tip I came across was to do your research ahead of time. And this goat, like, even if you're not solo traveling, you should do this. We've talked about this yeah. kind of in the past that you should do your research on how to be respectful to the place that you're going to, but even do your research so that you totally. know what the weather's like, so that you know what the customs are like what the dress codes like like I remember planning my trip to Egypt in Egypt there's a pretty strict dress code for women and Mm -hmm. it's like you better have the clothes that are appropriate for you or you can't leave your hotel and Mm -hmm. you know same goes for power adapters like I've had friends who brought their straighteners plugged it in and it exploded and because they didn't have Mm -hmm. the power adapter and they didn't even think that that would be an issue So doing your research is important.
0: 100%. Yeah, definitely. And I think on like a bigger scale, kind of like going back to those vaccinations, also the currency and like how much cash should you have on hand? Like how much should you get out before you go? And like, what is it like to get out more cash when you're there? Like have a plan for that. Again, this is me just sucking the fun out of this, but very, very serious is if you're a woman traveling on your own, especially This is something my sister told me to do when I was traveling to Bali and I was really glad I did it, but write down the Canadian or American embassy in the country you're going to, Mm. especially if it's somewhere like Bali where I was like, you know, halfway across the world, my family couldn't just hop on a flight and come save me or like come see me or whatever. So basically the whole point of an embassy is if something goes wrong while you're traveling, that's your kind of ticket to your home. You know what I mean? So if something goes wrong, contact them. If it's safety, if it's you lost your passport, whatever it is, make sure you have that contact information like readily available should you need it.
1: Yeah. I had a friend who had their passport stolen and they had to go to the embassy because like Canada won't let you in without it.
0: Yeah, exactly. 100% also think things that kind of get overlooked in the research part of the phase is things like transit yeah. or car rentals uber like is uber a thing everywhere i feel like maybe at this point but i know something like for instance vancouver i feel uber just became yeah legal in vancouver like last year and it was like what the heck like when i was planning going to vancouver uber wasn't a thing and i was like how am I going to get around? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't drive, you know? Also, this is kind of maybe cliche, but looking to like hop on or hop off buses, it's a great way to get around the city while seeing major attractions and whatnot. So just taking that sort of thing into account. And if you're going to rent a car, like looking into your license and like, mm-hmm. how does this all kind of transpire once you're there? Also on the getting around piece and safety piece, kind of colliding, is to download an offline map. And I think you can, I am actually know you can do this on Google Maps. So you just kind of, it takes up a lot of storage and whatnot, but download that so you can mm-hmm. use it without Wi-Fi, without data, that sort of thing. And you can do the same thing with Google Translate or probably there's a whole bunch of translator apps, but If you're ever, like, in a pinch and don't have internet, you're at least, you know, still have these, like, resources available to you to get you where you need to go.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. I feel like apart from budget, finding friends that want to go to the same places as you and want to do the same things as you Mm. and can go at the same time as you, like, these are the things that I feel like really hold, people back from traveling yeah, and I feel like traveling is so great and like you really shouldn't be held back in any way. So if you're feeling that way or you haven't found a friend that you can travel with, I think especially for solo travel for women, looking into travel groups is a really great idea. There's a lot of travel groups specifically for women yeah. and just groups of women. So look into that. Obviously our guys are also <laughs> encouraged to check out travel groups, not just for women, yeah. but I think that's a great way, especially if you're looking at somewhere that does have high crime.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know G Adventures is a big one. I've heard kind of mixed things about it, to be honest, but I've heard some really like great stories from that. The trip I went to Bali on was on the girls' trip, so essentially I got there on my own, so yeah. my flights and everything, but as soon as I landed, I was with a, tr- a trip or a group the whole time. I don't know if I'd necessarily recommend the girls trip. They were Toronto based startup. They've kind of shut down through the pandemic, Mm -hmm. which maybe a lot of these travel companies have and are just starting to ramp up again. But girls trip was very new and it wasn't like the best experience, but I would maybe do it again. So I don't know if I'd recommend it, but look into different groups or if you're still like set on traveling by yourself. So, I have, like I said, traveled to San Francisco on my own completely Mm -hmm. and then Bali with a group. When I went to San Francisco, what I really liked about that trip was it was a trip that I was doing on my own for that purpose, like just to prove to myself I could do this to like feel that independence. But while I was there, I booked a group experience through Airbnb. And that was kind of a way to meet other people, to experience things with other people, to maybe make friends, even though the majority of the trip was on my own. So a great way to look into these sorts of things. I booked mine through Airbnb Experiences, Mm -hmm. which I definitely recommend that if you're not familiar with it, it's essentially like locals can list services and activities the same way they can list. Their homes. So I did a hike that ended with beach yoga. So the local who did my experience was a yoga instructor, mm-hmm. but she had also lived in San Francisco for 10 years and took us on a little walk before we ended up at the beach to do yoga. So that was so nice. There was, I think, like four or five of us that did the experience. So it was the way to, you know, like I said, get to know other people and just like, I guess, have some social interaction because yeah. traveling on your own can feel kind of isolating also somebody just to take your pictures (laughs) (laughs) or on a less like organized way maybe than like booking something could also just be joining a museum group or a walking tour looking into those sorts of things so again it feels like you're part of a group when you're doing some of these like touring around yeah like, excursions, the one thing I do want to call out is I do hear of people solo traveling and then using dating apps to meet people, and I don't think that's a great idea. (laughs) Obviously, you do you, and if you feel comfortable doing that, like, okay, but maybe just take some, like, extra safety precautions. I feel like I don't know how I would go on a date in a different country and not mention that I'm there by myself. Yeah. Like... You know, and, like, essentially, like, give them all the information to be, like, if you kidnap me, nobody will know. (laughs) Nobody's here to save me. Like, I don't know. So if you can meet up with people in, like, a safe way, sure. But I feel like there's a lot better ways to get a social experience in without – counting on dating apps to do that
1: yeah well a lot of hotels have like a person who will find you activities like i know when i was in cuba there was like an activities person when i'm in hawaii there's like a desk in the lobby that's so if you want to try surfing they will like sign you up for a group surfing lesson i also wanted to mention i think this is a thing in like new york and other places but there's an app called class pass which is for like workouts Mm. And back when I was freelancing, I would work out during the day and like half of my workout classes would be people that were traveling from other cities using ClassPass. And I was like, that's such a great idea. Like that thought would have never occurred to me because I would never work out on vacation. But if it's like, (laughs) if you're in, like, I remember chatting to a girl right before the pandemic and she was like, I'm from New York, but I came to Toronto for a weekend. I'm here by myself. I've never in here. And it was like a Friday at 11. So she was like, there wasn't too much for me to do. So I signed up for this yoga class because it sounded cool. And I was like, that's just so sick. So yeah, I wanted to shut that out I too. Love
0: that. Yeah. 100%. I think my last tip on traveling solo, again, really coming down to the safety piece. I personally think Unlimited data slash roaming is worth the splurge and look into options so that you can get that through either your phone carrier or even maybe buying a SIM card when you get to your final destination. And really, I think that goes without saying it's just really a safety thing. You want to be able to always have a way to contact somebody if there is an emergency I also recommend carrying a phone charger mm-hmm. or buying a portable battery pack and, like, always having that in your purse. So you always have data or, like, internet. Yeah, I guess data, internet, same thing. But you can always contact somebody should you need to, and your phone is always charged. Like, when I was in San Francisco, I know I'm saying San Francisco as if it's, <laughs> like, some exotic place to travel by yourself, <laughs> and I know that's not the case. But I it was a big deal for me because it was, like, Far from home, you know, like my parents couldn't just like drive and check in on me or something. But anyways, I was in an Uber and my phone was like dying and I was like, can I please plug this into your car? So I did, but I got off like out of my Uber. This was after my Airbnb experience. So I was like obviously taking pictures and stuff and like – it was fine. I was by the water though, so I lost service. So getting my Uber was tricky mm. and that was a whole thing. Then I get in the Uber, charge my phone to like three percent. Like it was a whole thing. And then I ended up getting because I didn't have a like portable battery pack. Right. I got to like a restaurant just so I could plug my phone in and like charge it before yeah. I went on with like the second half of my day. So I learned the hard way how important it is yeah. <laughs> to like have these sorts of things. But I think If you're going somewhere, like, more exotic than San Francisco, (laughs) (laughs) these things should be, like, top of mind to ensure safety at all times.
1: Definitely. Well, and even, like, we've talked about Cuba. Like, the last time I went, my cell phone got no service. I think that maybe you Mm -hmm. can, like, if you pay ahead, you can try and get something, But like it had nothing. So it's like you have to do your research and come up with a plan if that's the case. Even like within the U.S., a lot of the national parks, you don't have cell phone service there. And that like so many people go missing in their national parks because some people are irresponsible and they don't have cell phone service or they get lost. And it's the kind of thing like you think your cell phone doesn't help you until it's dead and then you realize like yeah. how much you rely on it
0: 100 percent. so so true okay I think that's it I feel like I'm like being like okay no traveling on your own is amazing yeah. and I hope I'm not like scaring people off because I really think you get so much more awareness about different parts of yourself that you mm-hmm. won't learn in other situations. At least that's how it was for me. So I think it's 100% something everyone should do, but there is a lot to like take into account. So I hope we just like highlighted some of those things or like gave you things to think about if you are considering traveling on your own.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, I think we can talk about maybe some packing tips to bring up the vibe.
0: Yes, let's
1: do it. So the number one thing I wanted to say as someone who regularly checks a bag, which I know, I feel like that's controversial nowadays. Like a lot of people don't check their bags, Mm -hmm. but I usually do. I'm the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: never (laughs) check a bag unless I have to. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I love it because I love to pack an insane amount of things and... So that's why I do it. But if you are a person who checks a bag, you should always keep essential things in your carry on things like your charger, your toothbrush, anything sentimental, like, okay, this is very random, but. I remember seeing like a YouTube video 10 years ago of Carly Kloss saying that she lost all of her jewelry because she kept it in her check bag and it got lost and never found again. And she was like, it was all sentimental. Like stuff like that should always be in your carry-on where you can see it at all times. Mm -hmm. Same with expensive electronics. It's just the kind of things that you need to survive as long as it takes for you to get your luggage back they should be on you. I know like when I went to Palm Springs, we had a quick layover where a flight got delayed and we had to run to our plane to catch it. But it's like the luggage isn't running. So of course it gets stuck in, I think it was like an LAX. And so then I was in Palm Springs and I was wearing like Lululemons, a sweater, and I didn't have my toothbrush. I didn't have deodorant. I think I was wearing like Uggs or something too. Like it was just not great. So it's like a lot of people I know yeah. bring an extra change of clothes or at the very least like extra underwear. They'll even bring like a swimsuit if they want. It's just mm. always be prepared because yeah, the one time you don't pack it, that's when your luggage will be lost.
0: Exactly. 100%. I feel like there's... I've maybe saved on Pinterest like a checklist of everything you should have in your carry-on. Yeah. And I feel like now it just becomes like a mental note. But even when I do travel with just a carry-on, I feel like while we're on the topic of that, I use packing cubes Mm -hmm. even in just my carry-on to keep things condensed and organized. And I know we've talked about packing cubes in past episodes, but that's like my biggest packing tip even if you're just using a carry-on. So something I wanted to throw out there to make sure, like you said, you have all those essentials covered and they're organized in a way where it's easily accessible too.
1: Yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention was to pack anything wet in Ziploc bags. And by that, I mean like shampoo, face wash, sunscreen, because the only thing worse than losing your luggage is having your sunscreen explode inside your bag and ruin everything that's in it and mm-hmm. especially like as someone who checks a bag you see how the baggage like handlers treat your suitcase yeah. at the airport like things are gonna explode it's just what's gonna happen yeah so my favorite are actually the bags that you're like glossier orders come in those like yeah, yeah. pink bubble wrap ones but even like up a- bunch of bathing suits I order come in like these plasticky bags and so everything that could leak I put into one of those bags and yeah it's a lifesaver even for carry-ons like I had a little serum yeah and it exploded in my carry-on on my way back from New York and all it did was like make all my other skincare products have serum on them which isn't a big deal but it's like it would have been in my bag with my books and my iPad and just like Mm -hmm. not a good time
0: yeah and again chipping in for the carry-on gals I feel like your liquids already need to be in a clear bag going through security so it makes it so easy if you've just packed it that way and like that Ziploc bag or clear bag is your makeup bag yeah like it makes it so easy just pull it out of your carry-on put it through security Mm -hmm. pick it up put it back in your bag like done you know what I mean makes it obviously practical and just like so much easier
1: yeah another thing I wanted to mention was if you have like non-negotiables things that you use all the time you can't live without Do not assume that the place you're traveling to will have that for sale, whatever it is. Like, I know there are some over-the-counter drugs in Canada that are not over-the-counter in the U.S. And if you're like, I need this drug, I assumed it would be available at CVS, like, probably won't be. I know when I was planning to go to Mm -hmm. Egypt, everyone was like, bring sunscreen with you because sunscreen is very, very expensive in Egypt, And Mm -hmm. even like when I was in Cuba, it's very hard to buy things that aren't like souvenirs if you're at your resort. Yeah. So if there's something that you need to survive, do not assume that it'll be for sale there just because it's for sale in the city that you live in now.
0: Yeah. That's so funny you say that about the sunscreen in Egypt. Bali was the exact same way. Yeah. And since I just took a carry-on to Bali, I was like, it's not gonna happen. Like, I'm not taking sunscreen. Yeah. <laughs> I get, and I'm like, I know it's expensive, but like, how expensive can it be? You know? Yeah. I get to Bali, I forget how much I paid. I wanna say it was like between 30 to 50 Canadian dollars for one bottle of sunscreen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like redheadish, like redhead ish. Yeah. So I need sunscreen all the time. I need to reapply it. I need like high SPF. So this girl could not skimp out on sunscreen couldn't just buy a travel yeah. size and take it actually i did have a travel size take with me but it was like for my face kind of right thing. right i couldn't do my whole body with it but i was like how expensive is it gonna be yeah sure enough it was like so expensive i was like okay got it yeah
1: yeah well and do your research <laughs> so funny. like i know in hawaii there's like this really good tanning oil if that's what you're into and it's like i can only ever find it in hawaii but it's, like, you only know that if you've done your research. Like, you only know that they don't sell sunscreen in Egypt if you've done your research, so.
0: Yeah, makes sense. My last packing tip, and this is especially key if you are a carry-on traveler like me, is to plan your outfits ahead of time and only bring what you plan to wear. Yeah. And I feel like this, like, I we've talked about this, but it was, like, at the end of a... Fashion episode. So, you maybe didn't hear it, but like I literally plan my outfits from the shirt, the pants, the shoes, the accessories, the purse, everything that I'm going to wear. I take a picture on my phone, save it, put it in an album for that trip so that it's easy for me to narrow down what I need to pack. And also, when I'm on the trip, to remember what I have packed and Mm -hmm. what I was planning on wearing together. So, it really reduces any kind of like brain power both ways like before you go and while you're there that being said I do often throw in like one or two extra things or like yeah you know staples that I can wear multiple different ways so I can switch it up if I want to but that's my biggest tip it also leaves lots of space in your luggage or carry on if you do want to shop while you're there so yeah
1: yeah love it I think we just yeah. have like five general last tips. general tips yeah that we can yeah Blast through. So, the first thing I wanted to say, which is something that I always try to do when I'm traveling, is to try things that I can't have in Toronto. Because I feel like when you're traveling, especially if you're tired or you're overwhelmed, your brain defaults into like, I don't know what to eat. Oh, look, there's a McDonald's. I know what I like there. I'll just go there. Or, wow, a Cheesecake Factory. That's so easy. I'll just go there and Mm -hmm. i just find it so much more rewarding to try things that i can't get here even if it's like something stupid like when i was in new york i was like oh my god there's a shake shack here it's like it's not like that's some amazing restaurant but it's like we don't have that in toronto i don't think so
0: yeah exactly yeah. yeah and like that's the whole point of traveling is to experience different cities Experience different cultures, experience different food, and see different sites. So, definitely do what you can to embrace in that local culture. I love that so much. We've also talked so much about planning, Mm -hmm. but I think my biggest tip is to actually pin things onto a map. Yeah. So that it's easy to know what you want to do, where you want to go, when you're actually there. So, For me, it's like pinning museums, restaurants, landmarks, all these things that I want to do on my Google map. You can also see all those things when you download it for an offline map. And I don't think like when we say plan, you don't need to necessarily have a day by day itinerary. Like there can still be some spontaneity on your trip. But I think having an idea of things you want to hit up while you're there prevents you from... Living or enjoys you or allows you to enjoy the moment a little bit more, Mm -hmm. and you're not always thinking about what's next, you know what I mean? Like, I remember one of my trips to London. Every time we sat down to eat a meal, we were like, Okay, what are we going to do next? Oh, right, so we weren't even really enjoying the meal, we weren't really enjoying where we were at because it was always like, Okay, you know, we need to plan what we're going to do after this, so you couldn't enjoy it the same. So, definitely. Suggest that. We've already talked about searching Pinterest for ideas. Yeah. I also have a list of places I see on Instagram or TikTok by the city. If it's by from influencers, just other people mm-hmm. who live there, like finding places from those locals, I feel like are those hidden gems and help you really experience that like local vibe. Also looking at travel magazines, websites. I know Travel Leisure, Travel and Leisure, Condé Nast Traveler, Lonely Planet, which I had already talked about. They have a website with a blog section, so you can get some recommendations and ideas for that. And last piece on the Lonely Planet before I let it go (laughs) is they have books, like I was saying, for I feel like everywhere in the world Mm -hmm. at this point. So go to Indigo, wherever you are in the States, wherever you buy books in the States. (laughs) And look in their travel section and buy a travel book for where you're going I feel like you can get a lot of ideas Mm -hmm. but also take like ahead of time but then take that travel book with you so if you are sitting down for a meal being like okay what are we gonna do tomorrow you can pull out this book and it'll help you you know at least get some ideas flowing because it's always in those moments where it's like where should we eat breakfast tomorrow You go on Google, you go on Pinterest, you can't find anything. You know what I mean? So having that book, I feel prevents that from happening.
1: Yeah. I think another thing that is helpful is asking any friends or family if they've been to the destination that you're going to, what they recommend, because obviously Mm -hmm. like they're going to be honest. It's not like an influencer. They will tell you what was good and what was bad, which is helpful when planning.
0: Totally. The last tip is the most important tip in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saved it for last. It is. As soon, <laughs> yes. As soon as you book a trip or even before you book it, double check your passport expiry and you want to make sure that, is it six months take that your yeah, passport can't like be that. expired yeah. within six months or you can't use it within six months of expiry or whatever. So look into that because you don't want to be the night before your trip, you know, getting your passport, your money, everything ready, everything's packed at the door. You look at your passport and it expires like tomorrow. You know what I mean? So double check that, make sure you're organized at least with your passport, if not with the rest of your (laughs) trip for obviously a smoother experience to and from your destination.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's where we're going to leave it. I think we can put together maybe a Pinterest board of some travel pins and that kind of thing. So if you are feeling the travel itch, definitely check that out. We are also on Instagram and we will be posting all of our best travel pics this week. We're on Facebook and Spotify and TikTok And we are also on Patreon, which is your best way to show your support for the podcast. And we put out a new episode every single Tuesday. So make sure you're following us and are subscribed to us so that you see when those new episodes drop. And thank you so much for listening.
0: See you next Tuesday.